Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the NBA All-Star break ends and the James Harden era begins for the Sixers as they head down the stretch. The Flyers continue to play decent hockey, but finding a way to lose. And, yes, we will discuss. <laughs> and there's the Phillies, we think, as Major League Baseball lockout continues. And, yes, there's new football in town, Jet. The USFL and the Philadelphia Stars hold its draft last night. We'll touch on that as well. <laughs> well, I know the real football season is over. I know the Flyers have been tough to watch the last couple of months, but uh, I'm starting to think baseball will get their mess resolved in the next couple of weeks. I don't know why I feel that way. I'm just feeling that they can't be that stupid that they're not going to fix this. Please tell me they're not. Uh, but I'm really pumped about the 76ers, Bill. You know that, and the start of the Harden and Bede era. I got to tell you, one thing I'm not thrilled about these days is the crazy weather we're having up here. It was like near 70 degrees today. Tomorrow, the high is going to be 36. Well, that, that's what was crazy. That? It was only 87 here today, and it's <laughs> going to be 85 tomorrow. Yeah, well, 36 here tomorrow. As Tom <laughs> McGinnis would say, are you kidding me? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of baseball, Chad, uh, they just did a piece on the news here uh, tonight, and they're saying that if they don't have something resolved by Friday, they're probably getting ready to move opening day. Um, that's how that's how close they are. So the other thing they also were showing is uh, tonight in Lakeland here at my place is Detroit Tigers Fan Appreciation Night. Well, guess what? The minor leaguers and the minor league coaches will be here in place of the players. The mm. players are locked out. The coaches are locked out. None of them are allowed to attend, even though some are in town, like Bryce Harper in Clearwater. Uh, no attendees. Going to be going to be a minor league deal tonight, and uh, this is an event's been going on for ever and ever. Yeah, that's real disappointing. I, like I said, I feel badly for everybody down there who was so looking forward to you know spring training because we missed out on it last year. It got cut short the previous year. We thought, yeah, this was going to be a great spring. Nah, not looking so good right now. Yep. Losers are the fans. We'll get yeah. more to that. Hey, we have a couple great guests uh, tonight in the voice of the Sixers, Kate Scott making her first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. And Tim Kelly of Philly Nation will be making a return visit as well. Yeah, Tim and his crew at Philly's Nation put on a, put out great contact, great content every day. And we're hoping that maybe he will surprise us with some positive news on the lockout. Hey, you never know. And as for Kate Scott, she is terrific. We taped our interview with Kate yesterday. And look, I know there are some haters out there, some just don't want to hear a woman calling men's basketball. Others who simply miss Mark Zumoff, and I get that. She understands that, but I'll tell you, she is uh, terrific to talk to, and I think you're going to like what you hear from her. She's very passionate, and like all of us, we're excited about 
James Harden era starting in Philly. So uh, it's a good one. Well, uh, I'm excited to hear how she's how excited she is as the Harden era gets going here. And uh, I don't know if we should call it the Harden era or not. Maybe that's a slap to uh, your boy JoJo. Um, it's a, it's the add-on to the Embiid era, maybe. Should we go with that? Yeah, there you go. The Embiid-Harden tandem, okay? There you go. And there's other guys on that team, too. They're yeah, there good. are a few other ones, too. So let's go ahead and uh, let's get going. Let's, uh, let's tell us what Kate had to say. Let's hear what she's got. Yeah, regarding the excitement level about the Harden MB era, that was actually my first question for Kate. We had a great chat, and she's a real inspiration for female sports journalists. And even if you're not a diehard Sixers fan, I'm pretty sure that you will enjoy this. So without any further ado, here is uh, my chat with Kate. I love talking basketball, and I love welcoming first-time visitors to our show. And, well, we have the best of both worlds right here. We say hello to the television play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, Kate Scott. Hello, Kate. Hi there, Chet. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I want to talk to you about your background and how you ended up in Philly. But, hey, this is an exciting time for the Sixers, as you well know. They made a huge trade a couple of weeks back. And it looks like this Friday night, James Harden will make his 76ers debut. Mm-hmm. What is the excitement level around the team? And for you personally, as you're going to have a front row seat to it all. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild, right? Because we were all for so long hearing about it and then wondering if it was actually going to happen. Was it mm-hmm. going to happen now? Is it going to happen in the offseason? So the fact that it's really real, I think I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Um, but the excitement is palpable because of this guy, uh, because we got a 10-time All-Star, a three-time scoring champ, a guy who's averaging over 10 assists a game this season and who, by all accounts, wants to win a championship, is done with all the individual accolades, and is coming here to Philly because he wants to win that Larry O'Brien trophy. So I'm pretty darn excited. Uh, I like to say I'm cautiously optimistic because I think we all have seen, right, that he skipped town on the Houston Rockets last year and now has done the same with the Nets. So I think we're all a little bit concerned because of that. But he's never paired up with a Joel Embiid before. Um, So I'm very, very intrigued to see how that pick and roll may start to work over the next couple of weeks, Chad. We can't wait. More about the Sixers in just a bit, but let's go back to last summer and last fall. The Sixers fans got the surprising news that play-by-play voice Mark Zumoff, he was there the last 27 years calling the games, was calling it a career. Mark's even got, by the way, a new beer out right now. I know. I can't wait to try it. Have you you talked talked to it? Okay. Yeah, it's a nice IPA, uh, not bitter though, so that's good. I like the non-bitter yeah, IPAs. Good. Now, you are from Fresno, California. You spent most of your time out west. So why the heck did you want to audition for the Philly job and come east? <laughs> because I'm an idiot, Chet. That, that's really what it comes down to. Who in their right mind would try to replace a guy who has his own beer, has been someplace for 27 years? Uh, no, but I mean, uh, you said fans and, and Philly natives were surprised that Zoo was retiring. You were alone. I was surprised as well. I still remember popping open my computer one day over on the West Coast and seeing that this guy, the legend, was hanging it up. I read the column like I'm sure so many of you did on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com and I thought, oh my goodness, wow, I didn't expect this at all. And then I said aloud, whoever tries to take over for him is a freaking idiot. Uh, And that's why I said, here I am. A couple of days later after he announced his retirement, I got a call from my agents and they said, hey, we think you should apply for this this position. And I told him, you're freaking crazy. Just because, you know, even when I graduated from college 20 years ago, Chet, I didn't think that this was something that I could do because there were so few women doing it. So I am still wrapping my head around the fact that the Sixers and NBC Sports Philly were willing to not only give me a chance, but hire me for this position. Uh, So it's been a wild ride since last fall, since I had that first Zoom interview with the folks here. But why wouldn't you want to be here? Uh, A lot of people have understandably asked me that. What's a California chick wanting to do up here? I was born and raised a diehard sports fan. Sports are my religion. And so why, if you had a chance to be anywhere in the U.S., why would you not want to come to one of the hotbeds of all hotbeds when it comes to sports? And I'm just loving every second already that I've been here. 
Well, you were already the first woman to call an NFL game on radio, the first female to call a Golden State Warriors game on radio. You were part of that first all-woman crew calling an NHL game. That was, I guess, two years ago next month. There you are. Uh, Now, of course, you're the first female play-by-play broadcaster for a pro team in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. How do you like being such a trailblazer? Is there any pressure that goes with that? Oh, no, not at all, Chad. I mean, everybody's (laughs) just hoping that I'm successful and that I do great. (laughs) Um, Yes, there is a ton of pressure. But uh, as Doc Rivers said after a a game a couple of weeks ago, no one puts more pressure on me than me because I want to not just do okay at this job or any game that I've called. I want to do the absolute best that I can for me, obviously, first and foremost, but then for the people who gave me this opportunity, ABC Sports Philly and the Sixers, uh, for all the people who came before who made this a possibility, right? The Beth Moens and the Doris Burks and, mm-hmm. and all the women who really had to put up with a lot more crap than I have for them. And then for the next generation as well. So that, as I mentioned, I graduated from college 20 years ago and I didn't think I could do this. So I hope that now young women can go to college and get all the reps that I missed out on because They have an example like me, like Lisa in Milwaukee, like so many other women now calling games and also hope that, you know, young men growing up can can think to themselves, okay, yeah, she looks and sounds a little different than Zoo and the people who I've heard call games forever, but she's pretty good at it. So, yeah, I guess chicks can do this, too. Well, you do have to put up some, with some crap, of course. Uh, I'm old enough to remember <laughs> this. Seen it nicely, right? Putting it mildly. <laughs> yes. Long before social media, way back in 1971, yeah. the Phillies fired popular announcer Bill Campbell and replaced him with a guy from Houston named Harry Callis. Yes. Now, I think we know how that worked out. It's Harry, worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, fans were not happy at first. So he was an outsider. How could he succeed yeah. in Philly? Mm-hmm. Well, he ended up calling Philly's games the next 39 years. He's an icon. He's a Hall of Famer. I say all that because you are active on social media and you know that not everybody is a Kate Scott fan. I am, by the way. But how do you deal with that? I know you've even replied back to a couple of people who came at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that we work in a subjective profession, right? Uh, I don't love every broadcaster. I, I can respect plenty of broadcasters, but I don't like everybody's voice or everybody's shtick. So I completely understand that there's going to be people out there who don't like my work. And that is okay. I try to focus on the people who do. Again, the people who gave me this opportunity, uh, the people who I trust in this industry who really know what it means to be a good play-by-play announcer and listen to their critique. And then also, I'm the most self-critical person. I love the the saying, relentlessly self-critical. And that's what I always try to be. So there is that noise. And as you mentioned, social media doesn't make it any easier these days. Um, But that is a great example that so many people have pointed out to me there. Tom McCarthy, um, Mm -hmm. Jim Jackson, so many of the great play-by-play voices here now and in the past have reached out, reached out in the first couple of weeks after I got here. And and they shared that story as well. And they said, kid, keep your head down. You're here for a reason. The city loves their teams and obviously they love zoo. So it, it might take a while and some people may never come around, but you got this gig for a reason because you deserve it so now just one game at a time go out and prove it to people i pity whoever's going to follow merrill reese calling eagles games (laughs) whenever he decides to retire (laughs) well kate you and your tv partner ala abdel nabi are terrific together i gotta ask you how do you manage to develop such great chemistry so quickly I'm glad it felt like that to you because that is how it felt to us as well. And and the wilder thing of all the wild things is I didn't even audition with Ala because Ala was under the weather that day. I heard, yeah. Jackson uh, was the guy who was sitting beside me. And credit to Mark, if he wouldn't have come ready to work, I don't know if I would have gotten this job either. Because, because as you said, it's a dance. It's a partnership when you're on the air. Um, but yeah, I could not have asked for a better situation because I wasn't sure what I was coming into. But Literally the instant we said hello to each other, he exudes such a warmth and friendliness, obviously knows the sport of basketball like the back of his hand, and is so good at teaching, but in, I think, a fun and educational way, not in a patronizing way, which I think is so important for an analyst. And again, 
doesn't see me as a female broadcaster, just sees me as a broadcaster who got this gig and is now ready to, to go out there and have fun. So I'm having a blast. He's having a blast. I'm so glad that that's coming across. I know, oh, yeah. I know it's a little bit much for some people because I know we're having a lot of fun, but don't worry when things get tight, as the season starts to wind down, it will be all hoop from the two of us. Well, I'm hoping there's going to be a whole lot more fun over the next 24 games. Uh, we're going to talk about the New Look Sixers right now. You mentioned you're excited about seeing the whole pick and roll thing, Harden and Embiid together. How do you expect that it will work out and what's it going to mean for the rest of the guys on the court? Really good question, uh, because as we know, Joel is not that big on rolling in the pick and roll. Um, and it's kind of been good and then not so good, whether it was with Seth Curry. It seems like there's games where Joel and Tyrese have really gotten it going. So the one thing I do know is this guy, Joel Embiid, has seemed so flexible in being able to provide his team whatever they needed in that moment. And when it comes to getting buckets as easily as Joel does, now we've got a guy in James Harden who can get them just as easily, who gets to the free throw line just as easily. So I'm no longer worried about scoring. I think those two are going to slow the pace down a little bit, which is how the Sixers have been playing this year. So that's going to make the speed, in my opinion, of a Tyrese Maxey that much more difficult to handle because Tyrese is already the fastest cat on the floor. And now, and now I kind of see James and Joel lulling the other team to sleep. James dishing off to somebody and boom, there goes Tyrese. We've seen Matisse. His cutting has improved the last couple of weeks. Same thing with Matisse. And now we don't need any offense out of him. If he provides it, great, but he can just completely focus on being that defensive stopper of the good guy on the other team. And Tobias Harris, I know that people here love to hate on him. I get it. But since the start of the new year, he has been so consistent and he's given it 20 points a game uh, not to mention the assists and rebounds he is just steady eddie who can be that third guy which i think is the perfect position for him joel and james want to tobias drop in between 15 and 20 a night and then pressures off the young guys and tyrese and matisse so uh i'm really excited as you can see back here, I'm a big Tyrese Maxey fan. Love the I guy. Know, I love had to that. buy his jersey. So I, I can hear the excitement in your voice when you oh, watch. How happy were we? Does. I mean, I didn't think they were going to yeah, trade him, but you never people. know, right? I know so right. many people. Oh, thank goodness that Tyrese is still here. Well, Kate, Glenn Mack now has been on our show five or six times, and you visited with Joe Sixpack, Don Russell, last month, and that was a great show. I got to tell you, I love that you're a beer fan. I love that you stayed the whole show to make sure you finished your beer. That was great. And I love well, I don't know how also. that happened, right? Because yeah. we were only supposed to do one segment. And I know. And then we came back so and you were still there. I also loved that you said this regarding Troy Aikman's plan for a 90-calorie beer. We want a real solid beer. And also, screw you, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith. I grew up hating the Cowboys just as much as you guys. That's I grew right. up a Niners fan. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's a great uh, pull. Yeah, so oh. you're a big beer fan. And by the way, upon your recommendation, look what I got. Black oh, beer look quarter. at you. I That's just my tried girl. it uh, last beer night. Beer. Very good. Very nice. good. It's a nice uh, another one I can recommend to you. Vanilla outside. Porter, Breckenridge Brewery. If you like a little Ooh. vanilla mixed in with your porter, okay. go for that one. Okay, All right, we'll Kate, this was terrific. I can't wait to see what happens down the road with the Sixers. Great to meet with you and talk with you. I know how busy you are, so thank you for finding time for me. So, again, this was a blast, and it felt like a Sixers victory. So, with thanks to the Cuz and everybody at NBC Sports Philadelphia, should we play the song? Play the song, baby. Play the song. That was really good. Short version of the song. We'll save the rest of it for later. Yeah, she is so good, isn't she? She's really good. And you know what, Chet? We've had female guests on before that you've interviewed. Mm -hmm. None of them have smiled at you like her. <laughs> she is just so smooth. I, I love her voice. <laughs> I love that she actually listens to my questions. And, uh, you know, I put a, a visual up on the screen. She would, like, react to that, you know, mentioning that guy, Joel. She's obviously done some uh work in the business for the last 20 years and done very well at it yes she's she's excellent uh, absolutely and and she hates the cowboys she, yeah so she, what's not if there love? was a if there was a doubt if she was at the top of the food chain <laughs> that last comment boom she's hates at the, the top. cowboys and she's a fan of beer so <laughs> and, and you know what chet what else was really interesting i thought besides i mean it was just all good talk but 
When you said Bill Campbell and Harry Callis, she knew exactly who you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. She's heard that story, and she knows all the Philly broadcasting legends, you know, then and now. So she's good. She's on top of it. She is good. Good for her. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, And uh, Jane Jane sent you a message, Jet. Let me see if I can (laughs) put it up here. Uh Jane says, don't blush, Jet. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. It's all good. Good stuff. Hey, All speaking, right, of, so, uh, speaking of basketball, let me ask you, did yeah. you watch any of the NBA All-Star game on Sunday? No. <laughs> no. I wouldn't well, watch me, that. I wouldn't watch that if it was in my backyard. Let me say this. I know people are critical of all of the All-Star games because it's really just an exhibition and it's a three-point shooting contest and there's no defense, but it was still kind of fun. But what you would have really loved was the half, halftime show where they introduced all of the living members who were in attendance of the 75th anniversary team. So there were a good uh, 40 plus guys there live, you know, there in Cleveland. And it was just great to see Oscar Robertson and Julius Irving and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all these guys who we watched, you know, growing up over the last 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that part as well. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Chet, we all have this LeBron James thing going on, you know. Yeah. You either love him or you hate him. And and I always liked the player uh, until he just became the face of the league and, and too much too much bizarre stuff going on that yeah. I kind of didn't like him a bit. But I saw his comments about Michael Jordan and, and how important the day was for him that Michael would be there, mm-hmm. that they never really spent a whole lot of time in the same room together. Hmm. And it was a privilege – for LeBron to be able to go talk to Michael Jordan. I thought that was a class move by LeBron. And, and like I say, I always I always liked him until all this just nonsense came yeah. along. But I, I thought that was cool. And I posted that picture of Billy Cunningham and Julius Irving and Charles Barkley together talking and posing for a photo and then seeing Iverson and Dr. J sitting on the bench watching the game with Joel Embiid in the game you know, on the court right in front of them. Yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool, too. It, it was. It, it was kind of a sign of the times, though, as I was looking at that picture, and you see Doc sitting there, and he's got his sport coat on. and You yeah. see AI's got his hat on over sideways. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just a sign of the times. It's uh, But but cool, great list of guys. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen that part, that's for sure. So many great players. And as a beer drinker, I noticed that Dr. J was drinking a Michelob Ultra. He had it on the floor right in front of his uh, feet. <laughs> you probably weren't supposed to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm sure he doesn't mind. Oh, I hear you. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, we got to thank our friends at Allstate because we know that your couch is getting more mileage than your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. So see how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, our buddy Dave Lavoy, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Well, hey, Chet, uh, we're going to talk Flyers again just because we are. All right? I if know must- you're on the edge of your seat for this conversation. <laughs> you even covered up the Flyers logo behind you. That's a little troubling. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey covering up the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've watched the last four games. Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina, and St. Louis are all good teams. The Flyers played them toe-to-toe in each one of those games, came out with a grand total of one point. Hmm. Um, That was a tie, or they lost in in overtime. Right. Um, You know, they're going to have to decide whether they're going to blow this thing up or not. Uh, with Claude Giroux, we talk about him every week, whether you unload him or you don't. And I guess the big decision there is, are you going to sign him at the end of the season to an extension? If you're not, you might as well unload him. But, you know, I, I watching these games and I'm thinking to myself, maybe they really aren't that far away. If you have Joel Farabee and you have Kevin Hayes in the lineup, probably your second and third best players, you've been without them for months. Um, 
if you can go toe to toe with these guys, are they really that bad? Are they really that far off? Or are they just having they're just in a bad deal right now? Yeah, and that's the big question. We don't really know because there were so many guys out for an extended period. Uh, the bottom line, though, they've lost 19 out of their last 21 games. I turned them on a bit Monday afternoon, the President's Day game. They were tied going into overtime against Carolina, and I texted you at the time saying, I think we know how this is going to turn out. You said, yeah, it's just a matter of what minute. And sure enough, the final 30 seconds of overtime, they end up losing. Tuesday night, they played the Blues tough, tied it up 1-1 early in the third, and then as they've done so often lately, uh, in the next minute or two, give up the go-ahead goal. So it's kind of like deja vu all over again, and that's just the way it is. I guess the good thing is there's still an effort there. They haven't quit on Mike Yo, at least doesn't seem like they have. I guess they're just not good enough, not healthy enough. I don't know, but I don't know if they should blow it up or just keep plugging away with what they got and you know try to get guys healthy and maybe make some moves in the offseason. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, the young guys are getting a lot of work, and that's, that's good. Some of these guys should probably be in the minor leagues. They're getting a lot of big league NHL experience. You know, guys like JVR – Probably has to go if anybody wants him. Ivan Provorov has just been horrendous in my mind. He's never gotten any better since he got here um, with with all that star talent, supposedly. Uh, maybe it's a, a different scenery is good for him. So there, there's still some moves to be made. I think you'll know where they're going as soon as you know what Giroux's doing. You know, if they move Giroux, they're going to they're gonna clean the house, I think. If they decide to keep Giroux, then they're probably going to sign him back. You wouldn't keep him if you could get anything for him if you're if you're planning on letting him go at the end of the year. So, I, I you know, but there's so many young players, and I just don't know that uh, just don't know that I'm quite ready to blow it all up right yet. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, you mentioned Provov; he has been a very big disappointment. You know, early in his career, we thought he was going to be a, a big star. Eventually, we thought he would be a annual or perennial. Uh, Norris Trophy candidate, one of the best defensemen in the league. And, you know, he maybe got slightly better, but then he regressed again. So really, net-net, he's about the same as when he came into the league. He's just a guy who makes mistakes and sometimes looks good, sometimes not so good. Yeah, well, he plays good when he has a good partner. If his partner's a little bit less than excellent, then he's a little bit less than average, maybe, you know. We're seeing Oscar Lindblom pay, play a lot better of late, so it's good to see him, you know, back healthy and playing well. But just so many other guys just not playing well. Other guys out of the lineup, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do. But I'm still of the camp where I think you do go with blowing it up and you know shipping off the JVR and Giroux. Let Giroux try to win a cup in Colorado or elsewhere. Yep. Well, we're going to find out soon. Trade deadline's getting closer, and, uh, you know, you keep losing. Something's got to happen, that's for sure. So we'll find out. But, hey, speaking of more bad news, Chet, uh, we know the Major League Baseball players did not report to spring training as scheduled. Games have been canceled. Meetings are continuing, but uh, there's no baseball. And uh, our guest tonight, Phillies Nation's Tim Kelly, is going to answer all those questions for us. Wait and see. Yeah, we hope Tim's going to be on with us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic, Bill, because like I said, I got to think they know what's at stake here. Their fan base has dwindled a bit, you know, in recent years. And this is another black eye for them. It looks like, you know, billionaires fighting with millionaires. And as you said, the losers are us, the fans. So I hope they they come to their senses. At least they're meeting, right? They have met now the last couple of days. So that's yeah. one good thing. They they hopefully can, you know, either mediate this themselves or bring in someone who can help them because we don't want to go without baseball. Yeah, and they did actually have a five-hour meeting yesterday. Uh, you know, certainly if you're going to sit around the table for five hours, you have to accomplish something. I, I don't know what it is, but... You have to make some headway or you wasted five hours of your life. You can't get back. Yeah, that's true. And I got to be honest, I haven't really looked at like the Phillies roster of late. So I don't even know what's going on or, you know, who the prospects might be who are fighting for jobs. So well, I'm not one, in the baseball mode just yet. Yeah. Well, one thing that I did see and I, I think it's really interesting is uh, that Freddie Freeman, you know, he's pretty good down there in Atlanta. And all indications are they're going to let him walk. 
Oh, yeah. 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 And man, oh, man. I, I don't know that the Phillies would have anything no. for him. But I'll tell you what, that's a heck of a player. And, and you know, we've seen this in our own Philly sports teams. You're cutting the heart and soul out of your ball club there because you don't want to pay him that one extra contract when when you're coming off winning the championship. You know, they're coming off the yeah. World Series. It's a little different than the Giroud deal. You know, you're, you're going to let this guy walk. So, if he walks, Atlanta definitely takes a step back, in my mind, which they need to if the Phils are going to compete. Yeah, and it looked like that, you know, when they did win the championship. It just kind of seemed like Freddie was saying his goodbyes. So, good for him. I mean, he's on a, a rival team, but by all accounts, he's a great guy. He obviously loves playing the game, and that's good to see. So, good for Freddie. If he does end up somewhere else, and I think he will, I just hope it's not in the NL East. Yeah, well, he he reminds me a lot of that guy that plays right field for the Phillies. He just comes to, comes to play every day. Great guy, great in the neighborhood, you know, great in the community, and, and an Atlantic, you know, Georgia kid to begin with. So I'm not sure how far he's going to go, but I guess there's not hometown discounts either. And speaking of that, Chet, you know, before the lockout, some of these teams went kind of crazy and spent a lot of money on players. Uh, the Phils did nothing. Uh, still have holes in center field or right field or left field uh, that we know of. So that's going to be interesting, too, to see how it plays out once the, you know, once the lockout ends. You're reporting to spring training. You you got what you got right now. Yeah. So uh, really interesting to see how all this plays out. Um, you know, if they do report, you know, the Phillies have some moves to make, clearly, because they have a lot of unsettled positions and they have to figure out who the, the setup guys are, what exactly is the rotation. We assume the new guy, Knable, will be the closer. We shall see. He's got to still prove it. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of months, again, assuming that we do have baseball. And we have our guest now who's going to maybe, hopefully, give us some insight into that whole situation. Yeah, let's welcome Tim Kelly back from Philly Nation, by the way, back to Philly Press Box Radio. Tim? We got questions, and we know you have answers, my friend. Welcome back. It's good to be back, guys. Unfortunately, I don't know if I do have answers on the lockout because some <laughs> of the stuff that's come out in the last 20 or 30 minutes about today's session does not look great. Uh, well, give us the update because we've been on the air talking basketball mostly. So we know they met for five hours on Tuesday. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday. What happened today, and it, not good news? Well, it, it sounds like no matter what uh, – there hasn't been another proposal made uh, that's been made on the collective, uh, the competitive balance tax, the luxury tax threshold, whatever you want to call it. So uh, the fact that that hasn't been made is, I mean, it's pretty indicative of the fact that they're not necessarily close to a deal because that's the biggest issue. So for there not to have even been a proposal at this point of the week, when we entered this week thinking that, most likely a deal needed to be done or on the in the red zone at the very least for the season to start on time. That's not a great uh, uh, sign. And I think I also saw a tweet. I think it was from John Heyman. They've essentially said uh, the ownership side in the league have said if the season doesn't start on March 31st when it's supposed to start, they're not going to reschedule games. They're just going to pick the season up whenever it is that they're ready to go. Um, that may just be like a bargaining chip that they're saying that, but it's not a great sign. Well, Tim, I, I was saying uh, earlier on our opening that on the local news down here in Florida, in Tampa, the, uh, they reported to, tonight that if uh, the speculation is if they don't have a deal by Friday, they're, they're pushing opening day. I mean, they're, they're getting right down to it already that, they got to have a deal soon or they're going to they're going to start pushing regular season games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm supposed to for Phillies Nation. This has been a big thing we've talked about for over a year now of going to this opening series in Houston and covering it. And I haven't even made preparations to do that, even though it's been like a little over a month, because I just don't really mm -hmm. see a scenario where it's going to happen at this point. Maybe. It will end up being rescheduled, but I, I don't see a scenario right now where the season actually starts on March 31st. And it, it goes back to the fact that they're just now meeting every single day. They went pretty much the entire month of December when the owners imposed the lockout without doing much of anything. 
So, I mean, the, the fact that now they're like, oh, we're running out of time. Well, <laughs> you wasted a bunch of time yeah. prior to that. And it, also, you didn't, the, from the ownership perspective, they didn't need to put the lockout in place. They elected to do that. They were not required to do that. All right. Well, let's just hope that they work it out and assume that there is a season. And let's talk a little bit about the 2022 Phillies. Um, I haven't even looked at the roster much lately. I know that they still have holes and unsettled positions, you know, left field, right field, uh, the rotation and all that. Um, what have they done in the offseason? I know they got Knable. Is he going to be the closer? Do we know that for sure? Yeah, it appears like he's going to be the closer. I'm not sure if I was building the team, I'd probably prefer that he's like your main setup guy and you add another closer. But uh, from all indications, he's going to be the closer. Interesting. Well, Tim, we, we talked earlier a little bit too, uh, you know, and, and I'll ask your opinion on this. Some some teams went all in, spent a lot of money before the lockout to lock up some players and, and to pick up some players. The Phillies didn't. Pretty, they pretty well stood pat. Uh, but now, if the season started today, spring training started today, said report, uh, you got 30 days to be on the field. How are we going to do that? We got holes it's everywhere. Yeah, it's a good question. They don't have a center fielder. They don't have a left fielder. You're really unsure about shortstop and third base, for that matter. Uh, you probably could use another starter. I guess if the season's pushed back a little bit, maybe it increases the chances that Zach Eflin's ready at the beginning of the season or only misses a start or two. But you could probably stand out another starting pitcher. You don't have, like, a bench. Like, I know, it, it, by all accounts, the DH is going to be permanent starting this season. But as much as you might like to get Bryce Harper at bats there and Real Muto at bats there, they're not going to get the bulk of the at bats. So, you're going to need to sign someone or acquire someone uh, to, to get the bulk of the at-bats there, whether that's bringing Brad Miller back or somebody else external. Uh, you're going to have to do that. So you're right. It's, it's going to be kind of insane. I, I've just been kind of resting up knowing that the moment is coming where we're going to go from zero to 100, and we might have baseball and NFL free agency at the same time. Uh, mm. it, it would be crazy. But, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot in a hurry. It's kind of like the, the Phillies acquired JT Real Muto and Bryce Harper during spring training a few years ago. It, it might end up being – I mean, you're not getting players of that magnitude, but you're going to have a lot of new guys coming in and out throughout the course of camp. I mistakenly said left and right field as question marks. Of course, <laughs> Harper is in right field. We know that he's safe. Uh, left and center field, I meant uh, – Speaking of Harper, we know that he's down there riding his bike in Clearwater, and he's also pallying around with Bryson Stott, I believe. I heard they're actually living together, staying together down there. Um, what is the upside for Bryson Stott? Is he going to maybe be in the big leagues later this season, or how good is he supposed to be? Yeah, I think he'll be in the, the uh, major leagues at some point this season. I know he told, I believe it was Alex Coffey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, that uh, he's entering – I guess you can say entering camp with the idea of potentially trying to win the opening day shortstop job. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if D.D. Gregorius leaves the door open, who knows what happens. And either way, he's hopefully someone you're going to see at some point this season. I think you should be excited about his bat. And uh, we'll see uh, whether he ends up being a shortstop or whether he ends up being a second baseman or third baseman. The bat's going to play. Uh, and I don't think he has the defensive concerns that like Alec Bohm has, but uh, he is someone that also probably does not have the upside of Jimmy Rollins or even like Freddie Galvis defensively at shortstop. Okay. Well, Tim, to, to follow up on what you, you said uh, a minute ago, do you think when they get to spring training, uh, I don't see there being a trading frenzy go on. Uh, where are they going to get these guys? You know, I mean, they're not going to be falling out of trees. They're going to be on rosters and, I just don't see everybody flopping people around here three weeks before you got to play games. I think there might be, honestly, because the A's are a team that has a few different pieces that they could trade. Now, I don't know if that'll be with the Phillies, but they're a team uh, that already is kind of beginning a tear down and could go really full into that mode uh, the second the transaction window's lifted. I think, like, you look at some of the players still out there, Nick Cassianos, Freddie Freeman, there's a lot of really, really good players still out there. And if the luxury tax threshold is raised 
even five or ten million that opens up more money for teams that essentially treat it like a hard cap which is kind of what the Phillies have done and uh, if draft pick compensation for free agent signing is eliminated that also plays into the hands of the Phillies because previously to sign someone like Castellanos who declined a qualifying offer you'd have to give up your second round draft pick which for a team that has struggled at talent development you don't want to keep giving away high picks even if they are just kind of lottery tickets you don't want to give them away and that maybe pushed you more towards signing someone like Kyle Schwarber and maybe you still will because Schwarber will be cheaper but you do get into a position if you don't have to surrender draft compensation to sign some of these guys that maybe you're more willing to pony up the money uh, because it's you're not giving up two separate things essentially. It's going to be fun, assuming, of course, they do resolve all of this. Hey, I want to make sure we get to something else before uh, we run out of time. Last month, Tim, you put an article out about your take on the nine greatest Phillies of all time, which I'm sure you got a lot of feedback on, maybe some criticism, maybe uh, people agreeing with you. But uh, for people who didn't see it, uh, here's nine through seven. Whoops, nine through seven, first of all. Ryan Howard, Richie Ashburn, and Jimmy Rollins. And then six, five, and four. By the way, this is all time Phillies, as you can see right here, because you've got Grover, Cleveland, Alexander, that great pitcher on there, Chase Otley, Ed Dallahanty. Bill, you wouldn't even see him play. That was so long ago. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> the top three, I think this is probably your, your safest ones right here Mike Schmidt, number one, Steve Carlton, number two, Robin Roberts, number three. So, Tim, you decided to do this, the all time list, and what kind of feedback? have you gotten do people agree do people say you're nuts what well i i've been doing this for every other team i'm trying i saw to, that yeah to, to make this into a book once the entire series is done uh so i've gotten different feedback for different teams but the phillies are one generally i guess partially because i write about the phillies all the time so people figure i have to have some level of knowledge about it but uh, i didn't get a ton of negative feedback now there's absolutely people that could have been on the list like chuck klein's a hall of famer he mm -hmm. could have been on the list dick allen will, will, won an mvp elsewhere but won a rookie of the year and was a great player kurt schilling and bobby bray are two guys that are more modern cole hamels was really probably the first one i left off the list but I, when you ask people to make these type of lists they'll give you 14 names for nine spots so when you actually get down to doing this for a team that's been around since 1883 you realize you're going to have to leave some really good players off and maybe even some Hall of Famers. And I try to best uh, evaluate guys that were incredible at their peak and had longevity with the organization, if at all possible, and come down to this list. Okay. Well, I, I have to ask you because I, I, you know, I think pretty much the names are in the right spot or, or on the list. It's whether what spot you want to put them in. But what I wanted to ask you is, how did you direct, differentiate between Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins? And and you're not the only one that talks about this. And uh, I don't know what the difference is that makes one better than the other. I think at Chase Utley's peak, he was like an all-time player. And at Jimmy Rollins' peak, he was one of the best players in the sport at that time. Uh, but I think at his peak, Chase Utley was like one of the seven or eight best second basemen to ever play in the game. Uh, his defense is tremendously underrated. He could hit for average. He could hit for power. Uh, and that's like a six- or seven-year peak. Now, Jimmy Rollins perhaps uh, has more counting numbers as a Philly, and he won an MVP. I'm not disputing how excellent of a player Jimmy Rollins was, but uh, I, I think if you had polled people, executives around that time of which player they'd prefer, you would have got like 25 GMs say, I'll take Chase Hudley. And yet Chase Sutley is probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. That seems to be the consensus for most people. We could be wrong. You never know. No, I, I um, think Chase Sutley is going to be a Hall of Famer. You do, huh? Know. Okay. I don't know that he'll get in immediately, but as more sabermetric influence comes in, Chase Sutley has, has a very good case because his peak was just so strong. Um, I, I think he's going to get in. I think Rollins is going to hang around the ballot for a while, but probably fall short if I had to guess. Yeah, the, the two guys you mentioned first not getting in were the guys I thought of immediately, and that would be Chuck Klein 
and Dick Allen. Uh, I was a childhood fan of Dick Allen, so that's why I mentioned him. And a lot of people think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And as you said, Chuck Klein is already in there. So, yeah, those are tough guys to leave off the list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's other ones. Um, you know, I, obviously he's not a very good person, but Kurt Schilling had an extended run of success with the Phillies. Cole Hamels is the second-best left-handed pitcher probably that the Phillies – have ever had so yeah there, there's a lot of people that get left off this list and you start to think about the future and there's going to come a day where bryce harper probably goes on this list at the expense of like ryan howard and ryan howard was one i really struggled with because mm -hmm. uh ryan howard's five or six year power stretch was insane like even mike schmidt <laughs> was not putting up that level of power production for that like four or five year stretch that he had but then he also had a pro about as equally long of a stretch where he really wasn't a very good player. And I, I didn't go singularly on war, but if I had, like I don't think Ryan Howard, just based on war in Philly's history, would have been in the top 20. So uh, there's different things to consider, and I had to kind of make some executive decisions in terms of who I felt deserved to be on the list. And I'll tell you the initial list, I had Cole Hamels on there over Ryan Howard, but yeah. ultimately I made the decision to put Howard on there. Interesting. And I, I am with you. Ryan Howard needs to be on there. They don't, yeah. they don't win. They don't, they don't go through that run. They went through without Ryan Howard doing the things he did. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, uh, person that's pretty into analytics and sabermetrics but there is something to be said for you had 45 home runs and drive in 130 runs for four or five years straight that's just nobody else has ever done that for the phillies and nobody else probably ever will that's right yep all right well hey tim we're about out of time so let everyone know where they can follow you all you have going on social media and and all that stuff you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, Tim Kelly Sports, and then uh, read my work on Phillies Nation and Odyssey Sports as well. All right. Thank you, well, Tim. Tim. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck. Hopefully you get to Houston and they're playing baseball. Hopefully. Good to talk to you guys again. All right. <laughs> thanks, thanks. All right, Chet. Let's give a shout-out to all the shows over there that are live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Hopefully you got the graphic for me this week, and I don't just have to make I do. Oh, well, you're a good man. All right, this episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and all the others. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports. Please help us by hitting the subscribe, follow, and like buttons. As you can see, Monday, the Broad Street Bully podcast. Tuesday, or Monday, Mailbag with Joey Sharon. That's a podcast. Tuesday, talking Philly sports with Matty B, Matt Benarchik. Wednesday, of course, you have us early and later at night, Joey and Al at 9.30, live EOP sports covering four for four. Friday this week, Big Al's got the Philly Philly podcast talking Phillies. And Saturday morning, breakfast with the boys, the Patterson Avenue Fanatics with TK and the gang. Check them out. Have some breakfast and coffee and uh, listen to the guys. Good stuff. And don't forget, sign up for the newsletter by going to eopsports.com, uh, and you will get it in your email box at about the oh, 10 or so o'clock on Fridays, Chet. Hey, Bill, last week I happened to tune into uh, the show after ours, um, Joey and Big Al, and they had a very special guest, a guy by the name of Freddie Burns. Freddie called in, talked Sixers with them, and, of course, they talked about the event that's coming up on March 26th, which we can talk about right now, I think, if I can make it stay up there. There it is. It's the Fighting Freddy event for his family, especially, you know, for their, their son and all the medical bills that they have to deal with. It's Saturday, March 26th at the Red Lantern Tavern in Glenolden or Fullcroft or whatever you want to call it. It's on West Oak Lane. Bill, anything else you know about this great event? Uh, I believe it is still two to six, is it not? I believe that is the case, 2 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, the 26th of March. And it'll probably start earlier and go later, but the official time is 2 to 6. And one thing that's being discussed, Chet, I don't know that uh, I spoke briefly with Al about this, where, where they're going to go. They may do a live show throughout the event uh, from the Red Lantern so people can listen in and talk sports and 
you know, all of us are going to try to be there. I'm still going to try to be there as well if I can make those arrangements. And uh, it's a great event. We're going to do everything we can to fundraise and, and make as much happen for Fred and his family as we possibly can. Yeah, and they're selling T-shirts now. If you go through the Edge of Philly Sports uh, website, you'll see the Fighting for Freddy shirts. I think they're 15 20 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. So, And, of course, it's it's all going to the cause. So uh, it's not like you're investing in this great shirt that you're going to wear forever. It's really you're investing in the cause for uh, Freddy and family. Yeah, and, and I don't want to speak for Fred, but I did speak to him uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And round two of treatments were starting on Monday. And so far, so good. Just need to make these markers uh, goals in round two. And uh, progress is being made. And, the, you know, got, got to stay the course. Got to stay yep. the course there. Absolutely. So we hope uh, everybody can make it out to that event on March 26th at the Red Lantern. Red Lantern in our tavern on Oak Lane in Glen Olden, PA. You got it. All right, Chet, great guest tonight, and Kate Scott and Tim Kelly, who is coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week. Maybe you can find another lady that will smile just as well at you. <laughs> well, Bill, this one's for you. Even though they've lost 19 of 21 games, you still watch the Flyers whenever possible. You still fret about them. Well, next week we have a guest who can talk with us about all things Flyers. He's a longtime sports writer who recently left the Inquirer and Daily News. He is with Philly Hockey Now these days. That, of course, our old pal Sam Carcidi says the Inquirer there. He's not with the Inquirer any longer. It is now Philly Hockey Now. And Sam Carcidi will be here next week. He'll talk about the buyout that he did accept from the Inquirer a month or two back. This new gig at Philly Hockey Now. And, yeah, all that's wrong with the Flyers I don't know if we have enough time for that. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Bill, uh, Sam started off his piece after the loss to the Blues Tuesday night like this. The Philadelphia Flyers are like an episode of HBO's Succession. Interesting to watch, but filled with misery. Lots and lots of misery. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Good stuff, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, wow. All right. (laughs) Looking forward to Sam and... I, I like to talk hockey. Who knows what's going to happen by next Wednesday? There could be all kinds of deals being made. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, Jed, well, speaking of deals, um, the USFL is back to take another stab at spring football. First question, do you care? No. <laughs> Second question? Second question. Are you excited that Brian Scott, quarterback from Occidental College, has been drafted with a third overall pick to lead this franchise? Do you care about that? Uh, again, no. Uh, by the way, for anybody wondering, if you want to go to a Stars game this April or May, don't look for them in Philly or even anywhere nearby. For the 2022 season, the inaugural season of the reboot of the USFL, all the games, all the teams will be playing at Legion Field and Protective Stadium in the host city of yeah Birmingham, Alabama. The playoffs then, which will consist of the top two teams in each division, will take place at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. But I digress, Bill. Tell me about Brian Scott. Didn't he play for the L.A. Lakers back in the 1980s? Uh, Different guy, different (laughs) guy. Uh, But, you know, Brian Scott, the only thing I really know about him is he got into one of those arena leagues or one, one of them and led the league in passing, led the league in yards, and won the MVP. Um, went to a couple NFL camps, was cut from those camps, was in Canada playing up there. Uh, so he's played a little bit, but uh, I'm not so sure about a quarterback from Occidental College being the guy that accidentally takes you to a championship. Where is Occidental? I heard of it, but I, I don't know where it is. Do you know? I have no idea. No idea. And, and speaking of, uh, to your comment, if you've ever been to Legion Field in Birmingham, Back when Keith Jackson and Bear Bryant and Shook Jordan were running the sidelines out out there, it was a pretty nice place. I was there probably 10 years ago on kind of a – I was just in the area and I wanted to go see it and got to walk in it, and I thought the rust might take me out. Oh, no. It it is. It's not in a great neighborhood to begin with, and uh, it's not in the greatest of shape, which is why Alabama-Auburn no longer play the Iron Bowl there. They play them at home and home. Because uh, they played them for years and years at, at Legion Field, but uh, now nah, it's uh, it's not 
it's not a great place anymore. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to do the reboot of the USFL. Chuck Fusina won't be there. No. Um, Ken Sam, Mills, won't be Sam there. Mills won't be there either. Sam Mills certainly won't be there, but Sam Mills will be going to the Hall of He's not with us anymore, but he will be going to the Hall of Fame in Canton this year, which reminds me, Bill, if I may digress yet again. Um, the guys at Philly sports trips are already planning for trips to all of the Eagles away games, even though we don't know just when those games will be played as yet because the schedule's not out. But in the meantime, they have great trips planned for the next couple of months. And if I can put those up on the screen there, you'll see that they have a, a bunch of them going on spring training. We hope that's going to happen. If not, you know, you get a refund. Uh, there's a LA basketball trip later in March. You'll see the Sixers play both the Clippers and Lakers. That will be cool. They have a trip to Nashville to see the Flyers. And then, of course, the 2022 NFL draft, and that will be out in Vegas in the latter part of April. So check on all of that. And in the meantime, while I don't think they've advertised it just yet, Bill, um, a little birdie at Philly Sports Trips tells me that they are finalizing plans right now for a trip to Canton this August for the Pro Football Hall of Fame inductions of Sam Mills and Dick Vermeil and a bunch of other greats, too. I believe the details will be unveiled next week, so keep checking phillysportstrips.com for all the information on that. Okay. All right, good stuff. And, and one thing, Chet, uh, just to be aware of, too, uh, for you COVID people, one way or the other, whatever you think about COVID, check on those trips uh, and what the requirements oh, are yeah. or aren't. Um, yeah. Because one of those places on your list I actually looked into in the last day for a side trip for an anniversary, mm-hmm. and I was like, with all these requirements, I ain't going there. So Yeah, that, that goes for just about anything you're planning these days. If you're going to a, a concert or any kind of event, find out what the, the rules and regulations are. That's right. All right. Hey, uh, I'm going to just tease you with this because we're running out of time, Chet. We'll come back to this next week. I think I'm going to, since since we're not going to get to it, I think I'm maybe going to post it on Facebook and we'll get some opinions before the show. What I want to know from you and from our viewers, um, I saw somebody else posted this. I'm kind of stealing the post, stealing the thunder a little bit. I want to talk about your biggest enemy in Philly sports. Like 25 could fit into that list. Current you know, or of all time? Of all time. Of all uh-huh. time. So I didn't really give you a chance to think about that, but we're going to go, we're going to round it to five. All right. Our top five is nemesis the right word? Yeah. Um, people that played for us that we don't like. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And two of them for me were mentioned last week in the show that both played for the Sixers. Yeah. 25 being one and that other guy that I don't mention his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to probably would, have to mention his name next week. They would be, so, be on my list as well. All right. So we'll we'll come back to that when we have some time to think about it. We'll put it out. We'll get people's opinion on that, and uh, I think that list could be interesting. Well, I think we only have the one guest next week, so let's put that on the agenda, Bill. Make a note. We will. All right. Let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes with, which give greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win, Chet? Even you. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Mr. Chesco, we're running low on time, but do you have a parting shot? I don't really have a parting shot tonight. We didn't get to talk about the situation now at the University of Michigan with uh, Juwan Howard taking a little swipe at uh, the Wisconsin Wisconsin assistant coach yeah. and how that whole thing went down. Uh, bottom line, he's suspended for five games the rest of the regular season. We'll be back, though, for the postseason, the tournament. I think he got off easy. I think, And, I, and I'm not saying the other guy didn't deserve some, too, the, the yeah. Wisconsin guy. Yeah. But I think uh, grabbing you, you his arm ahead be, of that, but you, you can't be doing that. Yeah. So I, I thought it was appropriate. I thought five games was actually perfect, but that's a whole nother thing. But my bottom line here, 
good luck to Phil Martelli because he's coaching the team, the former St. Joe's coach, assistant out there. He is coaching the Wolverines for the remainder of the regular season. So go get him, Phil. That's right. I got nothing else. I got nothing else either. So what do you say we wrap this thing up? Let's do it and go Sixers. Yeah, that's right. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Kate Scott and Tim Kelly. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's Like Your Age.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March the 2nd already, Chet, at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Press Box Radio on all the podcasts, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Welcome, James Harden, and let's go Sixers. And now here is the video with no longer number 25 within it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.